Hello and welcome to Fire Away, Rudner Law's online show focused on the employment law issues that matter to you. My name is Stuart Rudner. I'm an employment lawyer and mediator and your host of this season three, episode three of Fire Away, or should I say COVID-19 episode two of Fire Away. Just a reminder, Fire Away streams live online every month and episodes are always available on our YouTube channel, our Facebook page, our LinkedIn page, and of course the Rudner Law website. If you're watching live and you have a question, we'd be happy to take it from you. Tweeting to at Rudner Law. Uh, since we are spending pretty much all of our time answering questions about COVID-19, I wouldn't be surprised if there are some questions out there. So feel free to uh, to post them. I'm very excited today that we're going to be joined by two people from the talent company. We have Simon Parkin and Leanne Taylor. Simon is the president and senior partner of the talent company, and Leanne is one of their senior consultants. And very excited to have both of them here today. We're going to be talking about the COVID-19 pandemic, not surprisingly, and how it is having an impact on the day-to-day -day HR operations uh, and the impact on the workplace. So Simon, Leanne, thanks so much for joining us. Great. Thanks, Stuart. Thanks for having us. Thrilled to be here, Stuart. I think it should be a great conversation. So just before we get into uh, how COVID-19 is impacting your jobs, why don't you just give uh, give our viewers a little bit of an introduction into what your jobs are. Thanks, Stuart. Um, I'm actually the founder of the talent company. I started this about 10 years ago. And really, my mission was to bring together the best of the best um, in the HR arena um, across all our service lines. So everything from recruitment, leadership development, employee development, executive coaching, compensation and benefits consulting, right through to termination support and career transition. Um, so we've been very fortunate to uh, to put together a, a great team, including my wonderful colleague, Leanne. Great, and thanks, Simon. And I have to say, I mean, I've known many of your colleagues for years. I've known the talent company for years. Your office, is, one of your offices is about uh, two minutes from ours. And yet I didn't know until recently all the different types of services you guys provide. So it is actually quite impressive. Uh, and Leanne, what, uh, what are you focused on? Sure, so the work I, I do is essentially focused on the talent development and career engagement space. So have the great opportunity to work with organizations, leaders and folks of all levels to really look at uh, leadership development, learning and coaching, uh, which is great work. We absolutely love it. All right, let's, uh, let's get right into it. And I guess uh, ladies can go first here. So Leanne, um, how are you finding that the whole COVID-19 pandemic is impacting your day-to-day? -day? Yeah, great question. So uh, we've had an opportunity and as the talent company, a big priority for us was first of all, quickly moving all of our services to a virtual platform. Um, and I've been really proud of the team in terms of some of the work we've done to shift all of our service areas to support our clients. And the second piece is really taking the time to reach out to our, our contacts to find out what do they need and what can we do to be of support. And, you know, I really find in talking to whether it's uh, talent leaders or HR professionals, um, a few things really come to mind. So one is how do we deal with the overwhelm? So we've got employees struggling with a variety of issues, whether it's um, how do we transition to working from home? Or if you're like me, you've got two wild kids at home that you need to entertain in school. Um, all the way through to those that may be feeling in more isolation and confusion around some of the uncertainty that exists. Uh, so it's really been a priority for ours to look at not only what can we offer, but what other resources exist to support during these really unprecedented times. So that's really interesting. And I've got to ask about this. So how, uh, what kind of support are you offering to people who are just, as you said, trying to deal with the overwhelming 
change, you know, having to work from home and have kids in the background and dogs running around? Like what, what kind of support do we offer in that regard? Yeah, it sort of shows up in two areas. So first, what can we offer at the individual contributor level to help um, really support that resiliency and coping with some of the change? Um, and, you know, if you look at research that um, proves what can help with burnout or uh, really driving resiliency, it's two things. So one, what do you need in terms of support uh, from your leader and from your colleagues and um, other contacts around you? And second, how can you find your purpose? So as, you know, the nature of our work changes in many of the industries that um, our clients operate in, how can each employee figure out what's a priority and how can they shift uh, the focus of the work to find meaning and uh, really feel they're, they're being of value? Yeah, so I definitely, definitely see on the, the leadership side, you know, leaders, um, they're there trying to support their employees, probably for many of them the first time remotely or virtually. Um, so just understanding the nuances of now becoming a, a, a virtual leader. Um, and I'm finding leaders themselves just need somebody to talk to as well. So, you know, the coaching support, the one-on-one -on -one coaching, um, you know, they're going through it like everybody else. And as Leanne mentioned, we all have kids at home and, and you know, we, we work long days and then it's trying to help our kids with the online school and, and those programs. So, you know, it, it's really fascinating to, to, to look at the world we live in now. <laughs> it is. As you're talking, I can hear my son walking in the hallway with YouTube playing in the background. <laughs> uh, so one question, and we didn't really talk about this before. I'm curious if you're getting this question at all, because I've had it a few times now. Um, you know, we went from the initial scramble to get everyone work set up and working at home and everyone's kind of in it together. And I still find that for the most part, people are really you know, behaving as a community and employers, you know, the, the management, the team, everyone is generally in it together. Uh, but I have had this question a few times now, how do I know that people are working and what can I do to performance manage them when they're at home? So are you guys starting to get that as well? 100%, um, you know, I mean, number one, from a leadership perspective, it, it, you really need to show the, the empathy, um, the patience, the understanding. Um, it's not normal what everybody's going through. So a nine to five typical um, business day doesn't exist anymore. So, um, you know, that's where we're really counseling organizations and, and leaders just to be more flexible, um, you know, more understanding. Um, there's definitely great ways, you know, some of our tips are just, just a quick five, 10 minute huddle with your team every morning um, at a, make sure it's a convenient time. Um, but just doing a check-in and making sure, you know, here's what we're working on today. Um, you know, here's what we need to deliver. And it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be delivered between nine and five. Let's just get it done by the end of the day. I love that, Simon. I think it, it sort of speaks to the, the call that um, we're all hearing for leaders to really bring more of that compassionate leadership perspective. Um, and not to sound um, too buzzwordy, but uh, the idea of more of a coach approach. So what are you doing to ask questions of what your employees specifically need? Um, and I think it comes down to trust, trusting that if you um, give your employees that space to figure out where and how do they need to work, keep that communication open as to what priorities are most important now and what can we sort of let go of, you'll find that that engagement will carry you through. And if there's anything we've learned from past crises, engagement is a key predictor in terms of how you're going to um, manage through and really ask your employees um, to roll with other changes that are going to be on the horizon. 
Yeah. And, and employees are going through things, you know, they're seeing layoffs, they're seeing a lot of, um, you know, the negative side of the crisis. So there's a lot of insecurity there too. So mm-hmm. as a leader, you really need to over communicate, not just ask how are things going work-wise, but how can I help you and support you and your family through this? Um, yeah. You know, listening is such a, a, a key to being a great leader and, and asking the right questions and, you know, making sure your, your team is telling you what they, they really need. Yeah, those are great points. And it, it all comes down to communication, which is something that we often say. And I mean, you mentioned the layoffs and, you know, it's been an interesting evolution over the last four weeks. I mean, three, four weeks ago, so much talk was about layoffs. And I was very vocal in the media about warning people that employers didn't always have the right just to impose layoffs. And there was some backlash about that. But what, what's been interesting is I'm seeing that you're probably seeing it more than I am, uh, which is that there is a lot more communication. And there are certainly some employers who have just gone out and announced layoffs. But I think there's far more that have gone to speak with their teams, either en masse or in groups or individually, and talked about, you know, we may have to impose layoffs or there may be cuts in hours, wage cuts, but trying to find solutions. And now, of course, with the wage subsidy, which to me could be a real game changer. And we just found out about an hour ago um, that the portal should be open within a few days. there, I think we're going to avoid a lot of layoffs, but I guess what I wanted to ask you guys, I want to come back to onboarding uh, in this area. Before we get to onboarding, let's look at layoffs. Are, are you seeing a lot of, of layoffs or have you seen it be less than we, we expected two weeks ago? You know, with, with the wage subsidy um, and, you know, the 75% uh, of, of salary paid up to the $58,700 mark, you're seeing you know, not necessarily the mass layoffs. Obviously, the the airlines have recalled everybody to to bring them back on payroll. What we're seeing with a lot of our organizations is it, it's there's more um, termination happening at the there's more senior levels where it's a hmm. higher cost individual, and that seventy five percent wage subsidy up to fifty eight thousand seven hundred. You know, with a with a senior executive making two hundred and fifty three hundred thousand dollars that 75 percent isn't um isn't going to necessarily help a lot so it really depends also what industry you know we have clients in healthcare that are booming trying to hire as much as they possibly can um and other industries where you know they're down 90 percent in revenue so it, it it's really different based on um what organization and and where you play yeah, that's a great point. And you're right. I think a lot of organizations are, are foregoing layoffs and they're going to rely upon the subsidy, but they are looking at terminations at this point. Uh, sometimes it's for someone that they you know, really wanted to get rid of anyways, and now is the opportunity. And others, it's just because they can't afford to keep. You know, And I saw recently where there was a CEO and they happened to have a new COO, which was great as part of their plans as they existed two months ago, but they can't afford to keep both. So um, that makes sense. I'm curious about the onboarding, though. Um, what? Because I've seen the same thing you've seen. Some industries are booming. Some they are desperate to hire people, uh, yep. but they're trying to figure out not only a how do you hire, but b how do you onboard. So, how, what are you seeing in that regard? I'm happy to chat on that, Simon. If- if that works, because um, I think this sort of move to virtual applies uh, not just onboarding, but looking at terminations as well. And I think there's a, a real important call to employers to think carefully about how managing terminations can happen in a virtual setting, being mindful mm-hmm. of the environment that your employees are in. Um, so being thoughtful about 
over communicating sort of the needs of the organization and then planning those meetings really carefully and making sure their support is there. Um, our career transition practice, we have full engagement. So any um, employee that has been provided service is fully engaged because they're certainly feeling some of the pressures of this market. Um, our brand promise is that no one should feel alone in their search. Um, and now more than ever, I think that's important. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Leanne. And thanks, Rob. I see the question, which uh, actually, we're going to come back to that in a second. Um, made me laugh because it's a funny topic. But Leanne, were you going to add some more on the onboarding? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, as Simon mentioned, we do work in the recruitment practice. And so depending on industry, some are absolutely hopping. And so there's um, some good roles that are out there. And um, what I think we've all had to do is uh, challenge some of our assumptions as to what can be done virtually versus face to face. So we're still seeing hiring out of necessity, which is great opportunity for some folks in the market. And when you think about onboarding, it's uh, more important than ever to, to get a program that's really, really focused on uh, not just how do we get people onboarded to our policies and systems, but really think about how do we acclimatize people to our culture. Um, so we've developed sort of one page reference sheets and checklists to help. Um, but looking at organizations and where they can really leverage mentorship programs, um, put together a buddy system so that that individual can check in um, and also serve as sort of an ear to the ground if there's any feedback that's important to give. Um, because certainly, you know, when you look at failures of any new hire, um, it really comes down to two things. So one, um, is there misalignment in terms of expectations or are there any sort of missteps politically that um, often are um, not necessarily the fault of the individual they just didn't know. Um, so great opportunity to reinvent onboarding, um, leverage best practices of organizations that are doing it well, and make sure that's a really important investment. Yeah. Simon, would you add to that at all? Yeah. No, Stuart, we're seeing probably about 75% um, of organizations kind of putting the, the hiring on hold, mm -hmm. um, but 25% are still going forward. And, and in this mm -hmm. environment, you're having new hires start um, virtually. And, right. you know, very different, very challenging, but you know, I think everybody's aware of obviously the situation. So, so there's patience on on both sides and 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 a little more understanding. You know, it's it's fascinating even from a hiring perspective. You know, companies video interviewing has been around for 15 years. Hmm. Um, you know, there's a there's a stock you might want to invest in because so many organizations have moved to video interviewing and are now. Um, um, used to it and you know they're making virtual hiring decisions now um, yeah which is amazing to, to think about it is and one of the things up an interesting point that I think uh, it'd be interesting to see how much of the way we do things changes once the epidemic or the pandemic is is over and I mean the legal industry is perhaps the best example I mean lawyers are horribly horribly difficult in terms of adopting technology but we've all seen over the last month that you can get a lot done from home. Uh, when our, I'm doing a virtual mediation tomorrow, some of our courts are starting to have virtual hearings. And I was really encouraged to hear our, our Chief Justice in Ontario say that you know, we're not just going to go back to the old paper-based system once this all ends. So I'm cautiously optimistic about that. Um, and I know, by the way, we had a question coming about layoffs and furloughs, which I'm going to come back to. Uh, but before I do, uh, we talked about the hiring. Uh, I mean, one of the things I've also seen a lot of is where someone was hired or accepted the offer, but now they've been told either A, it's going to be deferred, or B, we've changed our mind. And there's certainly some legal issues that arise there, but are you seeing that a lot as well? We're seeing a few um, deferred. We, we, 
I, I've read more about the, um, you know, offers rescinded, but I've actually haven't uh, seen it or, or heard about it firsthand. Um, basically, all of our clients who have hired, if they didn't bring them on, they've actually pushed back the start dates uh, of those individuals and the individuals have been, um, you know, welcoming of it. So it, it, it was more of a mutual uh, decision versus just forced on them. Yeah, that's good to hear. I'm seeing a lot of that. And one of the discussions I've had with people is, you know, can a company just say we're, we're deferring it? You know, and what I've explained is technically, no. I mean, technically, that's kind of like a temporary layoff. Uh, so the same way the company may not have the right to just impose a layoff unless it's in the contract. If the contract says you'll start work on April 1st, the company can't just come along and say, no, it's going to be May 1st. Um, oh, sorry, I see a question here. Can you mention any of the companies that are hiring virtually? Oh, that's an interesting one. All right. Let's... You know what? You have um, a lot of the tech companies in Toronto. Um, all the banks have now moved to um, online interviewing. Um, a lot of the big organizations, if you actually go to the career site, they actually have a page um, describing how their hiring process has changed and what you can expect, hmm. um, which, is, which is great to see from a candidate perspective. That's interesting. And I, I would say on a much more lower, lower, I guess, less sophisticated level, I've certainly, certainly seen a number of our clients who haven't put anything on the website, but they have just started to do the interviews using Zoom like we are. And whereas they used to eventually come together for at least one face-to-face -face meeting, they're not. And I've had a bunch of people say that they actually had the person start working. And like you were saying, Leanne and Simon, you know, it, it was a little bit of a different process, but it's all gone very well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like anything, we we adapt and and transform, and you know, it's something as as Leanne mentioned, even our business model, where you know, we're very you know high touch, one on one um, meeting with individuals, whether it's from the hiring perspective, the executive coaching perspective, the career transition perspective, and we quickly had to turn on March twelfth and become you know do all these um, meetings virtually on Zoom and and other platforms, so. Um, you know, it, it's just the world we live in. And, you know, that's going to be the interesting thing as we start potentially talking about return to work and, and those strategies, um, you know, how gradual is that going to happen? And, you know, are, are we just more comfortable now online and Zoom versus um, meeting people face to face? Yeah, well, I think it's going to be fascinating. And, uh, yeah, just on that point, I mean, like I started to make the point that, you know, the employers can't impose a deferral uh, the same way they, in most cases, can't impose a layoff, but there should be that communication we talked about before. And in most cases, people are willing to be reasonable and people understand why it's happening uh, as long as they don't feel like they're being taken advantage of. Um, so I do, want, I do want to flip the conversation around. I know we had a question about furloughs and layoffs, and I, I have to laugh because I have heard the term, oh, thank you. So the question was, do we have furlough leaves in Canada instead of layoffs? And I have to laugh. I have heard the term furlough more in the last three weeks than I had in my life before this. And I, I know there are certain cultures that use it regularly. And there's been an, an actually very entertaining Twitter discussion about this and so whether they are the same thing or a different thing and depends who you ask. Um, the way it's usually used, at least when they talk to an employment lawyer like myself, is the same as a temporary layoff. In other words, we're not terminating the employment, but the person is being sent home for a temporary period of time and they're not going to be paid. So we're generally using the term in the same way that we would say temporary layoff. 
And it raises all sorts of issues about whether the employer can even do it. And as I've said many, many times, in most cases, the employer can't impose it. Um, so that should lead to a discussion and, and brings up a point I was going to make in my closing, but I'll say it now. I mean, our, our view is that people need to understand their legal rights and their obligations. And one thing that frustrates me to no end is when people are making decisions without understanding legal implications. So I was uh, quoted in the Toronto Star, I was in the Globe, I was on a fair amount of media making the point that businesses don't have the right to impose layoffs. And one of the points that I've tried to explain is this wasn't me trying to say you shouldn't do it or you can't do it. What, what it was is me trying to say you should be making informed decisions and knowing the risks. Um, one thing I got to ask you guys, because you guys are on the ground more, my advice, and I think it's the same as yours, has always been, if you're going to let somebody go, do it face-to-face. -face. Uh, how do you do that now? Mm -hmm. no, that's a really great question. And um, I sort of alluded to it before that a lot of thought and care needs to go into it. So not um, catching someone by surprise by calling. I think it's a, it's, um, a good process to book time, uh, block a meeting time and spend time with that individual. Um, the second piece, I think because of the unique circumstances we're in, um, it's really important for um, team members to be brought into the why and, um, and be updated on what's happening. And um, even more so when we look at the risks around mental health and ensuring everyone has support during this time, making sure that um, there is an external uh, support, whether it's through EAP or career transition, um, because there's an the opportunity for a follow-up call that day with that individual to help sort of think through what are next steps, what does this mean for me, um, and where can I get started in terms of um, a, my job search, but B, what do I need to look at in terms of my um, contract and other sort of immediate considerations that way. And, and that's really the value of, of the career transition side. It's, it's, it's not only to, to help the individual get back in the workforce, but it's, it's counseling. It's helping them over that hurdle, that initial shock. It's, um, it, it's being that, that ear for them to talk to. Um, you know, it, it's not great when a termination happens and, you know, everybody has different feelings and just talking through it with someone is, is so critical. So, you know, whereas our business model was all built on that one-on-one -on -one, um, career transition support in person, now it's online. And, and what we're seeing is uh, organizations doing a termination via Zoom um, and then quickly looping our career transition individual right after um, to continue the Zoom call um, with them and start providing that counseling and support to them right away. Yeah, I think that's critical. And, and I mean, it gets, you know, like I said, we've always said do it face to face, but the underlying message was do it in a respectful, compassionate manner. So as you said before, Simon, we've all got to adapt and then this is how we do it now. Uh, and I'll put you on the spot, we haven't talked about this. Have you, seen or heard about any really bad situations where, where a dismissal has gone wrong because it was done virtually? Well, what I'm hearing of is the paperwork's actually couriered to the individual. So they're called ahead of time, um, talked to, the, the paperwork's actually sent to them by a courier. So there's more of an expectation. It seems like it's more of a soft landing versus, uh, wow, this really caught me off guard. And then there's a, a, a formal, one-on-one -on -one kind of termination meeting um, online. Um, so, 
you know, I haven't heard the the really bad stories, but um, I'm sure we will hear more of them as as this continues. One anecdotal story that I heard was, uh, you know, the organization was called, or sorry, the individual was called out of the blue by their manager. And if you're not thoughtful about kids in the environment and how those reactions are going to show up, um, I think that's insensitive in terms of how that could land. Um, but you're right, yeah. we may hear more and more. Um, so it is important to get that thought and preparation going in, um, which is why we always are there to help um, with coaching, hiring, or sorry, terminating managers as well as HR. And Stuart, I know you're available to talk through sort of the the messaging and and sort of the legal element as well. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's great to have a team, and if you can have you know folks like yourselves, folks like ourselves, to talk through all the different aspects, that's the way to do it. And yeah, I mean, anecdotally, the the story I heard was was twofold. It was an unexpected video call from a manager. And it was for, in this case, the, the employee was female. And she literally had her two kids in the room when she was told that her, her employment was being terminated. Uh, so yeah, again, sensitivity, it goes a long way, no matter whether it's face-to-face -face or video or even by phone, it doesn't matter the me mechanism, it's just doing it properly. Yeah, no, and it, it, you know, to that point, I just remember like, there's an organization uh, I had heard about and the uh, the owner was sending out uh, recorded Zoom messages Saturday nights um, to all the employees talking about the impact, um, uh, everything, what was happening with the business and that people could expect layoffs and terminations over the next week. So, you know, to me, that's not the right way to do it because now you have your entire workforce sitting um, on the edge of the seat wondering what's gonna happen. Plus, you've just ruined their weekend. So, um, you know, there, there's definitely some lessons learned. And th there was one, and I forget who it was, and it might be an urban myth, but wasn't it uh, one well-known entrepreneur who sent out a message from his yacht, essentially saying that they were going, you know, in these difficult days of self-isolation? <laughs> yeah, you, you <laughs> got to think about the messaging. Yeah. So I did tell you guys the time would fly by, and of course, it's already almost mm -hmm. time to one. Um, so if you have a uh, sort of a top tip for people to get through the COVID-19 pandemic, I'd, I'd love to hear one from each of you. Leanne, you want to start? Sure. So I just heard Josh Burson make this reference comparing it to military, but uh, the mantra that you're either at war or you're training. So uh, what we're hearing from organizations is how do I support leaders through this time and how do we support employees uh, because no doubt the world of work will look a little bit different. Um, so we've um, had the opportunity to adjust our coaching programs for leaders. And if cash flow is an issue, what's been great is looking at more bite-sized coaching uh, because that investment I think is really important. And then certainly, you know, looking at what sort of resources can help um, in terms of training virtually for all levels of employees so they can feel like they're reskilling and, and really investing themselves for what's up ahead. And I think that's really important as well. Great. Thanks, Leanne. Yeah, to me, to me, the word's patience. And it's it's both from the employer side, the leader side, and the employee side. Um, you know, we're kind of going through the unknown here. And, you know, organizations need to have patience with with their employees um, as as they figure their work-life balance out working from home. And on the other side, employees need to have that patience with their organization. And um, because the organizations are also trying to figure this out as they go along. So, you know, patience is, um, is such a key across the board. And, you know, we mentioned empathy goes a long way these days, so. 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, thanks, man. Thanks, Simon. And that is all the time we have for season three, episode three. So thank you again to everyone for tuning in. Thank you to Leanne and Simon for joining us. I have to say from the Rudner Law perspective, this has been one of the busiest months we've ever had. Uh, a lot of time has been spent trying to help our clients, both employer and employee side, trying to navigate through entirely new issues. We've also done more webinars in the last few weeks than I've done in my life. We've spent a lot of time trying to educate the public. I've been very vocal in the media, like I said before, not to try to encourage disputes, but just to try to make sure that people are making informed decisions. And on that note, I will just remind everyone to stay in touch with us you know, from show to show, so to speak. We have a running blog that is tracking all COVID-19 workplace-related issues. So go to our blog, check it out, follow our social media. Most importantly, as I always say, none of this replaces legal advice. So if you're unsure of your rights, if you think you might need an employment lawyer, then you probably do. So please feel free to reach out and contact us. Our next episode is Tuesday, May 19th. We'll be joined by well-known arbitrator and mediator Barry Fisher, hopefully discussing something other than COVID-19. Um, but last but not least, thank you again, Rob. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Rebecca and Simon and Leanne for joining us. Take care of everyone and stay safe. Stay safe. Thank you. Thank you.